Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The score! Matt Bowen. Two throws. This one aired out for Galloway. And with contact, it's picked off. Intercepted by Matt Bowen. NFL writer and analyst for ESPN. The ball came out. Right now they're calling fumble. Matt Bowen knocked it out. Seven-year NFL veteran. We talked about it last week a little bit, Lawrence. You know, Dan was on vacation and all that. But uh, when you were there last week working, we talked about how. (laughs) 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 had to throw that in there. Bite me, Bowen. (laughs) Defensive back coach for IC Catholic football. One of the greatest things and most rewarding things about being a high school coach is to see the impact it can have on your student-athletes. Matt Bowen with Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Let Matt Bowen talk. Shut up. Might be the best football weekend of the year if you're an NFL fan, and Matt Bowen is here to get you ready for it. He joins us on the Circus Sports Illinois Score Hotline. Matt, we got two really good games here with all kinds of storylines. What are you most excited to see? I think I'm most excited to see is Patrick Mahomes versus the Ravens defense. And the reason I say that, not so much about scheme, but if you watch them on defense, they are the most fundamentally sound defense I've seen this year on tape. Alignment, assignment, tackling, speed to the football, the ability to take the football away, and also the ability to create pressure. I want to see Mahomes in that matchup. What have you thought of the job that Todd Munkin has done with Lamar Jackson? What elements of their offense looks better and, and gotten him to an MVP level? I think you saw one of them last week, Lawrence, the second half versus Houston. It, the ability to adjust the pressure, right? What Houston did in the first half, a lot of pressure on early downs. What they did in the second half, ball out quick. One to two read, see the field, read it out quickly, get the ball out to your playmakers. That's the first thing. Also, I think what they did, this is just like kind of a broad view of it, create more space for Lamar, both vertically and horizontally in the pass game. I was surprised that they were able to run as effectively as they did against zone defenses. Because usually what I'm taught is if they're dropping back to landmarks with eyes on the quarterback, that those those angles are going to close real fast. But they didn't for him. Why? You're talking about zone passing defense? Yeah. That, that with The fact that usually, yeah, you can read the nameplates, take mm-hmm. off and run. But somehow they were able still to have success even when he was trying to work his. Is that the stuff that Linderbaum was doing and some of the interior linemen at the second level? I think so. You know, a couple of things there. One, they were able to run the ball effectively, right? More so in the second half. And that's what Baltimore does to you, Dan. They physically wear you down. Okay, so you might have a game at halftime, and I think we did. And obviously, Houston had to get a special teams touchdown for that, but that's part of the football game. But you saw in the second half how they wore them down physically on both fronts. And that's what Baltimore is excellent at. In, in terms of your question, the zone run game is a big part of what they do. Getting to the second level, obviously you mentioned the interior offensive lineman from Baltimore. Those guys can block on, on gap schemes. They can climb the second level. level. They're excellent in space at creating defensive angles. 
versus those second-level linebackers. But also with Lamar, what he can do – and you saw this. I think this is a big part of this game coming up. Okay, so this is why you blitz Lamar Jackson. There's, I think, a misunderstanding there. It's not to keep him in the pocket as a thrower. Because we've seen under Todd Monk and what Lamar has done this year. He's an excellent thrower from the pocket. It's to close the lanes down, right? When you rush Lamar Jackson, you give him daylight, which means an open rush lane. Now you're in real trouble, in real trouble. So what does Kansas City do when they blitz? They bring a lot of zero pressure, right? That's no safety help, man-to-man coverage everywhere. And the reason they do that, Dan, is because now there's no open gaps. There shouldn't be, based on the chalkboard, how you line up. I think that'll be a big part of this game from the Chiefs. When do they bring their zero pressure, and why are they doing it? One, yes, you want the route concepts to define quicker. I understand that, but this is more about keeping Lamar in a position where he can't pull the ball down and run. Why has Kansas City been better since they got to the playoffs? A couple of things. One, they're catching the football. Okay, it sounds very simple, but they are. They're making plays at the second and third level of the field. You saw it last week with Valdez Scantling. Okay, he struggled this year. He's had some critical drops. He made plays for them. He had two receptions over 30 yards. Those plays matter when you're playing the Buffalo Bills. Second thing is they can run the football effectively on offense. They're doing that very well right now, especially on early down situations. And also last week, Travis Kelsey. Okay, Travis Kelsey is such a major part of that offense in what he does. And they really, it wasn't that complicated when you really break it down. It was high-low, okay? But it's high-low on the outside third of the field. They're trying to attack cover two, get the corner to sit low, and hit Kelsey on those corner routes. Or hit Kelsey on a sail route, which is a three-level flood concept. They did that multiple times to get him involved early in the football game. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, and right now there's no one better inside the pocket in the NFL. Maybe Joe Burrow is up there with them. But Patrick Mahomes is such a great feel for when he needs to slide, move, climb in the pocket pull the ball down the scramble. He is the best at that right now. So you add in those factors, they're becoming a more complete offense with the ability to attack all three levels of the pass game and also control tempo with the run. I mentioned this early in the week, and it's something I found really interesting, especially in some of what Lawrence is talking about, about linebacker play. But just looking in general, I, I found the contrast of the Lions want to work their passing game out to in. They, mm-hmm. that where Goff is much more comfortable in breaking routes. Yes. The, the digs and the square-ins and even a little bit of, um, I forgot what the name of the combo is, but there was stuff where he's reading these in-breakers. And then you watch the Chiefs, and it's the opposite. It's right. re, it's reduced formations, and everything's blooming outward, and everything's going from in to out. So if you know those general tendencies are there, we always talk about leverage. So there, there's a personnel aspect of you know, just how many defensive backs you're going to have and then how to effectively play leverage to keep the, the larger trends of the offense from moving the way they want them to move. I agree. I think a lot of it is personnel. Um, and I agree with you on, on Jared Goff. Right now, and really, the, you know, when he's playing his best football, he's one of the best zone throwers in the NFL. He just is. He anticipates it so fast. He sees it clearly. He throws with location, uh, especially on in-breaking concepts. And it's the same thing we just talked about with Kansas City, right, Dan? It's high-low. It's just inside the numbers. And what they're doing is trying to get those linebackers to settle, not get to depth. You know, this sounds really boring, but if you can get to depth, get to 12 yards as a hook defender, well, you can take away that in-breaker, Right. But the problem is they put someone in front of you, correct? 
So the reason they do that is to hold those linebackers or strong safety. Or they freeze level. you with play action enough. Right. Like they, 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 you can do the either your responsibility and coverage or your eyes or both. I agree. And then to the point we're just talking about, Goff doesn't need that much space to make those throws. Uh, and he's got players that are physical over the middle of the field. Amara St. Brown, San Laporta, those are really the top two targets in the middle of the field. And they catch the football, and they catch the football in high traffic areas too. Plus, they both have catch and run ability, and that's part of it too. Is the personnel there now going against San Francisco? Very defined in what they do. Okay, they're going to be split safe. They're going to be single high zone. You know what they do, but it's again the personnel because now you have Fred Warner, and Fred Warner is, I think, the best linebacker in the NFL at getting to depth, taking away in breaking routes, and forcing you to throw the football underneath. And then what? Then what you're telling the offense is. We'll give you we'll give you the underneath stick route. How many times are you going to take it? How many times? I dare you to keep throwing it. I dare you because eventually you're going to get bored with it and you're going to throw in the middle of the field and then we're going to capitalize and make a play. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. How did the Packers, how were they able to push San Francisco last week? And is Detroit capable of duplicating that? I think they are. If they watch that tape, they really attacked the perimeter in the run game with Aaron Jones, right? And they, what they did is they had reduced formations, creating extra gaps, and then that puts the defensive end in conflict. Okay, what I mean by that is the defensive end going to stay inside over the tackle or the tight end, or is it going to bump out versus a bunch set? And that's always the thing. You, you widen, you reduce the defensive front, or you expand the defensive front. Either way, you're creating gaps on the edge. And what they did off that is they ran crack toss. When, when they blocked down and pinned and they pulled to the edge, and they had a lot of daylight to attack. I think there was a major part of it, and that's something that Detroit can essentially copy because Detroit has speed on the edge, too, when they have Gibbs out there with the football in his hands. That's one area right there. I think the second thing is, again, going against the zone coverages we talked about, but where you attack. Dan, now we're just discussing high-low in the middle of the field. I think you have to attack them outside the numbers as well. Do you have some matchups out there, and especially a player like Jameson Williams, Lawrence, you're going to have to create explosive plays in this football game. Going to have to get some throws over the top to compete against San Francisco on the road. That's a player I'd look for also. How do you imagine Jim Harbaugh is going to make things work in Los Angeles? Well, I think he walks into a really good situation, obviously, at the quarterback position with Justin Herbert, right? That's the first thing. You have to have that piece in today's NFL. Everyone knows that. Um, I think that roster has some issues. They have a lot of aging pro bowlers and a lot of players that might have to cut loose uh, because of the salary cap. Now, they do have young talent. They need to get better on the offensive line. They need to get better on the interior of the defensive line. They need to get better at linebacker. There's a lot of areas that team they can improve on. But the key thing is, with his system, which is a pro system, and which he's won at the NFL level with before, is a really good fit for his quarterback. And what his quarterback is going to be asked to do, what he's going to be asked to read within the route progression, and that's the starting point for Coach Harbaugh, is you have that piece. And when Justin Herbert plays at a top level, he is a top-five quarterback in this league. What do you think of Shane Waldron? Well, we talked about him before. I, I like to hire. I like to hire. And I know there's a bunch of different names that are out there. I understand that. But 
Look at where he's coming from in Los Angeles, where he started with Sean McVay, and what are the principles, the foundations of that offense. The run game is a foundational piece. It doesn't mean in terms of volume. It doesn't mean you're running the ball 45 times. It means that's where your offense starts. A lot of reduced formations, a lot of 11 and 12 personnel I would anticipate in Chicago this year. A lot of pre-snap uh, motion and movement, a lot of heavy play action, a lot of defined throws. But it starts with the run game and how you set up that entire offense. And we saw it last year, you're going to need three wide receivers. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of Shane Walden. What are the Bears going to do at wide receiver this offseason? Because really they need a number two. And they need a number two badly, in, in my opinion, to run this offense correctly. So Vic Fangio parts ways with the Dolphins and Ooh. he's going to Philadelphia and I'm very interested to see what kind of front he's going to use because knowing that Jalen Carter is like a perfect prototype three technique, mm-hmm. his defense doesn't necessarily need one. I, so I'm, I'm interested to see how flexible he's going to be. Yeah, I think he will be, Dan. I, I, look, I think Jalen Carter can play as a five tech. I do. He has the size to do that. There's no question. He has the, he has the natural strength to do that. I uh, so I think there is some versatility there with Jalen Carter. But I agree. Um, maybe we de- do see more even fronts from Vic Fangio based on his personnel. And the first thing they need to do in Philadelphia is address the cornerback position. Again, aging Pro Bowlers, right? Darius Slay, James Bradbury. James Bradbury really struggled at the end of the season. He struggled in the playoff game because. Uh, declining play speed. We all know that happens to every defensive back when they get to a certain age. So they have to really get better at the second and third level in Philadelphia for that defense to work under Vic. Because we've seen it work at a very high level, especially here. Was that 2018 now, 2018 season? And you have to have the defensive backs. You have to have the linebackers that can match in coverage. And Philadelphia right now does not have that. As a former player and as a coach, were you – perplexed by the Buccaneers not calling that timeout on third and 12. And then the game. Yep. Yeah, I was because I think you always give your team another shot. Always. You just never know. And probably nothing happens there, but you do it just to tell your guys that, look, we have one more chance. Let's see. Let's see. You never, you, you just don't know what can happen in an end of game situation. So I, I always believe in you never really cashed in at the end. I don't agree with that. Whenever you have timeouts left and there's still uh, one or two plays left in the football game, potentially, you always use them to give your guys a shot. That's kind of how I felt about it, that there's 36 seconds left and you're forcing them into a decision. If nothing else, you force them into either you're going to punt the ball or you're going to try this 50-yard field goal. One of the Mm -hmm. two. And it just seems like that was like – they, it was like everyone on the field had just kind of agreed the game was over, and the coaches kind of just went with it. Right, and especially when you're talking about the kicking game. Uh, the execution needed to kick a field goal or to punt the football has to be upper level in the National Football League or things go south. So you force them to have proper execution. You force them to have proper alignment and assignment, and that gives you a chance. Matt, as always, man, we appreciate the time. All right, guys, thank you very much. That's Matt Bowen. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.